0: Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hey there, thanks for listening. This is the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, Insurance Manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, Home Inspector from Inspect Tech. If you are in the market for a home and you need an opinion on these areas, insurance, building inspection, and mortgages, these are great people to talk to. Denise, Carey and Carrie uh, can be found on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look up shows. There you'll find the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information is there. Or you can always find me online or on social media or anywhere. My background as your host for the next hour, and every week here on this show, I am a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been helping people buy and sell real estate since 1991, so over the years, I have seen almost every type of situation arise, good market or bad, seen ups and downs over time. Uh, I'd be happy to help you as well, too, if you need help in real estate. Uh, You can always find me on my personal webpage, the team, the Prime Real Estate team, www.primeteam.ca It's the ghostly season. Halloween is so much fun. Uh, Everyone's getting ready. Uh, The kids are getting their Halloween gear. Decorations are going up. Today, though, with us are local experts of ghostly walks. John Adams and his son, Chris Adams, from Discover the Past Walking Tours. It's always fun having them here. I'm looking forward to hearing about spooky places in our hometown, Victoria. And I've been told we might get haunted realtor stories as well, too. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, As always, we start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call our hotline. It's 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us online on the CFAX 1070 website, and we'll discuss your question on the air had an email this week from Eleanor. Eleanor is asking the question, how can we ensure that we're not overpaying for the condo that we are buying? Great question, uh, Eleanor. So it's a big concern that anyone should have. I mean, obviously, buying a property is possibly the largest purchase you've ever made or will ever make especially um, you know it's different if you bought something 20 years ago and you're buying something else today the prices have changed so it's really quite different Um, how do you make sure you're not overpaying because of course nobody ever wants to there's a couple of controls in place so first of all your agent should be able to have a look and see what units have been selling for in the unit in the complex I'm sorry Uh, that's the first place that we would look because we'd want to know what other units are fetching in that complex. Uh, It differs between complex to complex. It, It also often differs within the complex because it depends on the elevation of the unit, depends on uh, if there's views, other attributes, is it a corner unit? Are there upgrades, a number of things like that. So having a look to see what the recent sales in the complex have been in the past year, um, ideally even sooner than that. Now, there are the occasional building that does there is the occasional building that does not have history. I'm doing one right now, in fact. I did a market analysis for a uh, client, and there hasn't been a sale in two years. It happens every once in a while. You get these smaller buildings um, where there isn't a lot of movement, and uh, not a lot of of neighbors decide to sell over time. So it's been a couple years, no sales. What we do then is we have a look uh, around the neighborhood. Uh, We try to find units that are similar in uh, feature, style, and attribute. Uh, and we, we make adjustments, adjustments based on is it an older building, is it a newer building, is it larger, smaller, um, updates, things like that. But your agent really should be able to give you a good example of value. Every once in a while, though, you'll want a second opinion. So another thing you could do is get an appraiser. We've had uh, Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group here on our show a number of times in the past. Uh, she is someone that you could call up or any appraisal any appraiser for that matter, uh, they would, uh, for for a cost, of course, and it's, it's an investment for you, um, do pretty well exactly what I just said. By the way, appraisers get their data from the real estate board. It's the sales that the real estate board records, uh, including how long those properties took to sell and other uh, his, historical facts that appraisers use to establish value. So you can do that uh, as well. Now, if you are securing a mortgage, you need a mortgage to purchase this condo there is a high probability that your bank will require that appraisal because, you see, the bank's going to be advancing funds to you. Uh, even though you're going to be the owner of the unit, the bank uh, has a stake in it as well, too, and they want to make sure that you're not overpaying because they, uh, the banks are in the business to mitigate risk, so they don't want to get into a high-risk situation. Uh, they would prefer uh, a, solid, a solid purchase, so they want to make sure that the value is correct. We have seen sales not go together because properties did not appraise and the bank was not confident with the purchase price. So that is a, a level of comfort that you may have, knowing that there is that extra level um, that, uh, that, that will help you determine that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's getting the advice from your trusted experts, from your realtor, from your banker slash mortgage broker, Uh, even from the appraiser as well, too. Those are the ways to know. You know, it's less of an issue in an uprising market. I mean, you've heard stories where, when the market was going crazy here. People did not make offers subject to financing. They did not make offers subject to bank appraisal. And, you know, that sounds kind of risky, and yes, it is. But when the market is going up and properties are going up in value 1% or 2% per month, which they did a few times, Uh, There is less risk because even if someone was paying a little bit on the high side, by the time they move into the property, uh, it's caught up to the the price that they would have paid for it. Now, it's scarier in the reverse, like what we're looking at right now. We are in a more level marketplace right now. The probability is we're going to start seeing a bit of a buyer's market in the future. Maybe not the near future, but it will happen at some point. It's cases like that where you want to make sure that you have an appraisal because the story goes in reverse. There's a good chance that what you're paying for it right now might not look the same by the time you take possession in a month or two. So, things to consider. And thank you for your email, Eleanor. For everyone else, again, if you have a question that you'd like us to cover, call us. The hotline is 250 414 6540. That's 250 414 6540. You can always email me as well, too, tony at primeteam.ca. That's tony at primeteam.ca. Uh, and by the way, if you're a podcast listener, you can listen to all of our shows on iTunes or Google Play. It's the whole home show with Tony Joe. Uh, we have all of our episodes there. We've got over 80 now. We've been on the air for some time. Lots of great information uh, that, you can, um, that you can hear uh, depending on what stage you're at in buying or selling real estate. So we have in the studio today... Uh, guests that are, uh, this is a great season to talk about this. Uh, John Adams. John, thanks for coming back. It's great to be here, Tony. Yeah, and Chris as well. We've got uh, John's son, Chris. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, Before we cut to a commercial, which will be shortly here, uh, John, tell us uh, the background of uh, Discover the Past.
0: Well, I'm a historian and worked many, many years in the Royal BC Museum and the heritage branch of the BC government. I retired a number of years ago, and in anticipation of that, my wife said, what are you going to do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I had been doing many tours uh, as a volunteer for various groups like the Old Cemetery Society and the Historical Society. People seemed to enjoy them. I enjoyed giving them. So my wife said, why don't you start a walking tour company? And having done lots of tours in other places, I realized that ghost tours were very popular, and we had developed a bit of a specialty with ghost tours. And so we started off in the year 2000 with ghostly walks. As an experiment. 18 years now. 18 years. Wow. It was an experiment. It worked every night. We had lots of people, and we realized it was going to be successful. So I retired shortly afterwards, and I have been busier in my retirement. Yeah. Doing ghosty walks and other history tours with Discover the Past than I've ever been.
1: Yeah, well, you're very active in the community. In fact, right now you're also um,
0: you're writing a book about Chinatown or something, right? I am. Yeah, uh, I've written a couple of books, Sir James Douglas, and many other topics, but today it's Chinatown, yeah. Chinese Victoria, it's called, and I'm hoping it's going to be out in early 2019, just in time for Chinese New Year.
1: Yeah, well, you know, there's so much history here. We are, after all,
0: the uh, oldest Chinatown in Canada, right? We are indeed. Yeah, second of... oldest, only to San Francisco in North America. San Francisco is, is About nine years older than Victoria's Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of history there. In uh, in Victoria's Chinatown. Victoria's Chinatown was once the biggest in Canada. That's mind-boggling to think of. And at one time in the 1880s, 25 percent of the city's population was Chinese.
2: Wow. Not
0: quite that proportion today, yeah. but it's a very important historic Chinatown.
1: You know, the government would go nuts thinking about that with this whole foreign buyer tax and everything.
2: That's all. Indeed, especially when you consider that the people coming through Chinatown, especially in the 1870s and early 1880s, were going on to help build Canada through their work on the Canadian Pacific Railroad and other oh, projects.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so much of a story. Well, listen, we've got to take a quick break here right now. Uh, When we come back, we're going to have John and Chris Adams uh, talking about Discover the Past and Ghostly Walks. Back in just a moment.
0: You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the Halloween edition of The Whole Home Show here. Uh, on CFAX 1070, and I'm Tony Joe. In the studio, we have with us John Adams and Chris Adams talking about ghostly walks. And just before the break here, we were talking uh, about the um, history of Chinatown here in Victoria. And Chris, you, uh, you were talking about uh, the influence that the Chinese have had in the, uh, in the community here, not just in Victoria, but in British Columbia too, right?
2: Indeed, indeed. And it's not just the oldest Chinatown in Canada. I think we need to remember that the people coming through were having a tremendous impact not just on the local area or British Columbia, but on, on country, Canada, and how crucial the Chinese laborers were to the construction of the railroad, something that even our complicated first prime minister, Sir John A. Macdonald, argued in Parliament.
1: Yeah, you know, and there's, there's that old photo of the last spike being driven uh, on the railway. And, there, and, and everyone knows that it was a posed photo because it was the, uh, um, it was the Chinese workers that uh, worked r- really hard to put that together, right?
2: Right, right. And I think many people know at this point how, how incredibly brutal the working conditions were on, on the railroad. And really, without those Chinese laborers, it's unlikely the railroad could have been constructed. And if that had been the case, we might ask, would BC be part of Canada?
1: Oh, great, question. great question. You know, I think this is a topic for another show, Chris. I because, think indeed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a reminder. I mean, uh, um, other things as well, too, how the Chinese were not um, uh, given the ability to vote. You know, for some time and and a number of other things. But again, we'll talk about that uh, uh, another time. It is a real estate show. It's a home show here. So the question is, well, you know, why are we talking about um, ghostly stuff here right now? So other than the Halloween season, uh, let's face it, it is always ghosts inhabit properties. I don't think we. Do you see
0: ghosts in parking lots or, uh, or or vacant land? Maybe you do. Well, actually, you can. Uh, okay. They're all over the place. They're everywhere. Yeah. But I think most people are probably in tune with ghosts when. It's dark in their house, and they're going in by themselves at night. The weather
1: changes. The weather changes, That's and right. suddenly
0: yeah. the door slams shut. Ah, people get frightened. So, but yeah. ghosts are everywhere.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we were talking about the background of uh, Discover the Past. Uh, ghostly walks very popular. Uh, I have seen that not only are you two, uh, the two of you, guides um, with ghostly walks, but you've got you've got a
0: whole team. You've got uh, how many uh, Well, we've got tour guides now? We've got 19 guides in total. Wow. Uh, some of them don't do ghostly walks. Some of them are focused only on our history tours, yeah. which we're very proud of, too. But the majority are working for ghosty walks. It, it's part-time work. And, of course, October is our busiest month, and so everybody is flat out during October.
1: All right, well, before we forget, if somebody's interested in going on uh, not only a ghostly walk but a, um, a historical walk, what do they do?
2: Uh, the best idea is to go to our website, which is www.discoverthepast.com, mm-hmm. or if they want to go straight to the Ghostly page, it's www.ghostlywalks.com.
1: Yeah, and I've seen it as well, too. On the website, you have a schedule where, where you lay out um, uh, what uh, tours are happening when in in, uh, in the the month, right? That's
2: right. We have a calendar page with write-ups about all the different tours, and people can book online if they like to. Great. Now, what can someone expect when they go on a, on a tour? Ah, the first thing is great storytelling. Okay. We have a number of guides, and all of them share our passion for making the, the stories of Victoria come to life.
1: Yeah, so how many people um, do, you, do you take on a walk?
2: Well, it depends. The groups we try to keep relatively small, so it's usually about 20 people or so per tour, although it can be more sometimes. When it's going to be busy, we make sure we have lots of guides on hand. Like at Halloween, yeah. when it's not just us in the mood for ghost stories, that's when people <laughs> really come out, and that's that's when we have extra guides on hand.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have been on on a tour, and for the listeners here, uh, you guys are, are 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 fully equipped. So you have um you have like speaker system and. Uh, if people are wondering about, as a group, if they can hear the stories and the direction that you guys are given, um, you're all fully equipped, right?
2: That's right. And and as well, the, the people who work with us are great storytellers, and so they know how to project. They know how to, to read an audience to make sure that everyone can hear.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that uh, if someone was to go on the same tour, uh, they're probably going to
2: get a very different experience. like. Uh, you know, it's not like you guys are fully scripted or anything. You, no, you, that's right. Yeah. And we tell the stories, and that's one of the fun parts, that they don't really have scripts. And so each different guide has their own style and their own nuance and their own points that they like to draw out of the stories.
1: Yeah. Oh, great.
2: Well, let's start with, let's start with a story then.
1: Uh, you know, here we are. It's, uh, it's the, the Halloween season. Um,
0: tell us one. Talking to Chris before the show about a story we could tell. We've got lots of realtor stories, oh, actually. Well, oh, the but... real estate stories. Okay. <laughs> right. The house that I live in in James Bay, my wife and I bought 26 years ago. We had lived in the neighborhood very close by, uh, and knew the old woman who had lived there. It was her family home and had been since 1909. Wow. She died from that house, so it's the second family house that we live in now, yeah. and. Well, she didn't die from the house. She died when she was well. the owner of the house, right? She had a, an accident, oh, uh, and my a goodness. week later she was dead. Okay, okay. But indeed, so she. I'd like to say she died all right. from the house, but she didn't actually die in it. Okay. But indeed, she had always told me, don't worry, John, I'm not alone. She was a single woman. Don't worry, I'm not alone, because we always were concerned about her. They're all here, she said. And I think I knew what she was talking about. She'd come from a large family. She was the youngest of many. And one by one, her parents and her siblings had died. And they're all there. And we soon discovered that when we moved in, they were all there. Because we knew right away when we opened the door, we weren't alone. And we called out, Hi, it's just us. Uh, We're friends of Muriel's. And we're moving in now. That's something that a lot of people do because ghosts become very active when there's any kind of change. So if somebody moves in or out or there are decorations going on, but some disturbance, the ghosts will often become very, very active. So they're still there. We know that. Visitors to the house often detect that. Uh, We're used to them now and they're used to us and so it's not a big problem. They they were never a big problem. Uh, That's quite typical. Not all ghosts are scary. (laughs) But some are. (laughs) <laughs> you know,
1: I don't know if it's the tone of your voice, how you tell a story or the story itself, but, you know, uh, Corey, the producer and I here, I think, you know, the hairs in the back of the neck thing going, eh? Hey, that's just the beginning. <laughs> that's just the beginning. <laughs> so actually this, this is an interesting segue here, John, because from a real estate standpoint in the, in the course, when somebody gets a license, they, um, one of the sections talks about, um, things like haunted houses and the need to disclose, um, and things like that. Uh, because the, the reality is, this is something that, that is bumped into on occasion. I mean, you, you purchased a house uh, uh, and you, you have this, uh, this experience. Obviously, it's okay with you. I mean, you, you understand it. You, you know, this is your, your, your business. There are some people a little more sensitive that maybe don't enjoy uh, those extra uh, house guests.
0: Um, you're right. In fact, um, I, I know people in, in our business telling ghost stories. Not everybody believes in ghosts. We know that. Yeah. But those who do are a little bit worried if the ghosts are not the friendly ones. Mm-hmm. And some friends of ours, very close friends, were looking for a house. They walked in. They walked right back out because they knew it was not for them. And it wasn't just the color of the wallpaper and that sort of stuff. Yeah. There was somebody there they didn't want. Yeah. It's a feeling, isn't it? It's it's often a feeling. Uh, we, we can see the ghosts. We can... Smell them, we can hear them, but yeah. most people are going to feel them. Yeah. And uh, let, let, let's, t- let's tell a story. This, this one dates back to 1871. Okay. And it doesn't actually involve a realtor, but it does involve disclosure, perhaps. 1871. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a man by the name of John Sullivan Dees uh, was in Victoria. He was a tinsmith, and he'd opened a salmon cannery on the Fraser River. And every fall, when the canning season was over, he would come back to Victoria and rent a house. Some of the other canners did as well. Vancouver wasn't there yet. And so the canning season of 1871 was very good. He came back late in the the fall, and there were no houses at all, except one, a big, old, dilapidated place. That nobody else bought. Nobody else wanted. Okay, yeah. Apparently it had been empty for some time. It was across the street from what is now called Pioneer Square, but in those days was the cemetery, the active cemetery before Ross Bay. Yeah. And he wasn't so thrilled about this, but he was the only one the only house he could find. So he moved in. There, They had a maid. The maid was getting everything ready the day they moved in. Uh, she laid the carpet and put up all the knickknacks in the room that the D's were going to use, put up the curtains and made the bed. And they climbed in that night and they were snug in their bed. But the maid was living upstairs and she had no time to set up her room at all. She fell sound asleep, fully clothed on her bed, but woke up in the middle of the night and she saw a man staring in her second floor window. And it was almost as if He was on fire. She screamed and she jumped up on a dresser, put a bedspread over the curtain rod to block out the sight. But his face burned right through and she screamed and ran into the next room. Well, the Dees in the room directly below saw him as well. At first they thought it was a burglar and Mr. Dees was gonna scare him away, but suddenly discovered that this figure was not human. It was a ghost coming through the glass and the window sash and entered their room and stood in the middle of it. And all of a sudden it was as if he was on fire. And then he took his hand and put it to his throat and made the sign of slitting his throat. And at that point, the Ds were terrified, and they they hid under the covers for a few seconds and couldn't figure out what was going on. They peeked out. They'd heard nothing, and then there was nothing there. They checked everything. There was nobody in the room. And then they heard this horrible scream upstairs. They ran upstairs to find their maid cowering in a corner, and they discovered they had seen the same apparition. So they didn't know where they were going, but they moved out into a hotel that (laughs) night. And the next day, (laughs) Mr. Dees handed in his notice, it was only a rental house, and arrived with a cart and a horse and some friends, and they began unpacking everything. And curiosity seekers gathered around, word traveled fast in those days, and pretty soon there were a few dozen people out in front, what's going on, what's going on? Well, the neighbors passed by, a couple of the neighbors, and they said, oh, well, we could tell him. He should have asked us before he rented the place, even if it was the last place in town. It's been haunted ever since the last occupant committed suicide there. Disclosure. The neighbors all knew, but nobody had bothered to ask them.
1: Classic story. Well, listen, we need to take a quick break here. Uh, I want to pick up on that story again uh, afterwards. We're here talking to John Adams and Chris Adams from Discover the Past and Ghostly Walks uh, Tours here in Victoria. Back in just a moment.
0: Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hey there, thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspect Tech. If you would like another opinion or help in the areas of inspection, appra- um, mortgages, or insurance, please give these guys a call. They're great people to talk with. Uh, we're in the studio today with the... Gentlemen, uh, both of them from uh, Discover the Past and Ghostly Walks, John Adams and his son, Chris Adams, are talking about uh, a great story. First of all, before the break, we were talking about Disclosure and how this um, person here maybe should have talked to uh, the neighbors or other community members before taking uh, before moving into the only house that was available uh, by, you said, Ross Bay uh, back in those days, right? 1871. Yeah, by, by, yeah Pioneer Square, right next to Christchurch Cathedral. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Pioneer Square. Sure, tons of tons of history there. Um, so that's a real estate-related story uh, and, and a ghostly one. It, kinda, it feels almost kind of Amityville horror-ish kind of situation there. They could have just asked somebody. Right. Mm, but they didn't. But they didn't. But they didn't. Um, the Discover the Past. Um, by the way, since we have you guys on, this is the the time of year. And, and to be here in the studio right now, you guys have um, uh, a special offer for our listeners here, right?
2: That's right. For We'd like to give away six pairs of tickets for the first people to call in. Oh, that's great.
1: So listen, um, for our listeners, our number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Uh, so the first six uh, callers that call in, um, we'll send you, uh, courtesy of Discover the Past, uh, six uh, or a pair of um, uh, tickets to uh, a tour, one of your tours, right?
2: That's right. And we have a special Halloween season that runs for the last two weeks of October, but the tickets will be good for any of our tours year-round because ghosts aren't just for Halloween. That's just when everyone gets in the mood to hear the stories.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's fantastic. I'll rem- I remind the uh, listeners uh, as we go through the rest of the show here as well, too. Uh, Chris, you've got a story to share with us
2: and since real estate is all about people moving in and out we can't help but talk about the goodwins who moved into what they thought was going to be a dream house and you've probably heard many stories that begin like this Uh but this was back in the 1800s the house was a beautiful white picket fence surrounded victorian cottage and they really had been looking towards moving into a house like this for some time the family that had moved out previous to them had moved out in strange circumstances there was a french couple Monsieur and Madame La And Monsieur La was a tremendously successful businessman. His wife was a Parisian wearing all the finest fashions. One day, Monsieur La came home from work complaining of a pain in his chest. The doctor comes and says, Monsieur, you should work less. But he goes to work the next day, comes home, and that night dies in his bed. Everything was arranged very suddenly. Madame La had the man buried. She moved back to France. And that was the end of them. The Goodwins move into the house soon afterwards and begin to experience immediately what they believe to be the ghost of Monsieur Lasselet, the man who had died in the house. Mm -hmm. Floorboards creaking in the night, doors and windows opening, cool winds rushing through. What had been this dream house begins to turn into a nightmare. And then one night, they're lying in their beds. It's pitch dark all around. They hear a terrible cracking sound at the foot of their bed in the morning when they woke up and came to see what had gone on the floorboards had actually been cracked open as if something was searching, searching underneath the floor. So they assumed it was Monsieur La come back as a ghost to search for a buried treasure, but buried treasure or not, there was no way they would be in that house again too. And soon the house became branded as a haunted house and so no one else would live there. It was eventually torn down. Oh, wow! But there's a twist in the story. Uh-huh. Because sometime after this, it was discovered that In the end, Madame Lassalette had moved back to Paris. This was found out because a man from Victoria was there on holiday and saw her walking in a procession. And in the procession, too, he saw Monsieur Lassalette. Strange, it wasn't a ghost, clearly, because Monsieur Lassalette was interacting with the other people in the procession. And so he comes back to Victoria and begins to talk. The newspapers get involved. The police get involved. They dig up Monsieur Lassalette's grave and find that in the coffin there are nothing but rocks. The whole thing had been a hoax to help Monsieur Lassalette get out of some business debts. Wow. So this might explain how it was that Monsieur Lassalette was seen in Paris. Uh-huh. What it doesn't explain, though, was is at the what house? was in the house.
1: Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Woo. That's quite the ride. Um, you know, something that just occurred to me too, you know, we're talking about old houses, like old times, 1871 or whatever. And, you know, nowadays, um, people, you get that feel of a, of, of of a spirit or something in an older house, right? I mean, how often does that happen in a newer
0: house? It can actually happen quite often. We do ask on our tours, who believes in ghosts? Who's had a ghost encounter? And people, oh, I don't have a ghost in my house. It's new. I have a new condo. Doesn't matter because... Ghosts don't just haunt places, they can haunt objects as well. And if it's an old house that is haunted, the ghosts might stay around and come back. I can actually cite many new condos built on the site of old haunted houses where the new tenants, the new owners have discovered there's something there. But even if there was nothing there before, you might buy an antique, you might inherit a ring, buy an old book, and the ghost of the former owner comes in on the object, and suddenly, all hell starts to, to happen and uh, people wonder what's going on Wow! it's because they brought that object and there's one famous story of a woman who bought an old book and the ghost of the former owner who had died of a heart attack while reading the book suddenly appeared to her and told her that she must read the book to him, he'd come back so that she could read the book and well she did she read the book and when she finished he never came back again um, a true story, but there are many other stories like that. Just ask anyone who works in a museum about the haunted objects mm, in yeah. those places. Mm-hmm. But you can bring any haunted object into your home yeah. unwittingly.
1: Well, you know, where I was getting to is, you know, because you, we hear all these stories about, okay, this happened in 1871, uh, all these things happened and the house was haunted. So to us today, you know, at this point in time, it's a really old house. It's a really old story, right? But back then, in
0: 1871, the house probably wasn't that old. It, well, 1871, the first houses in the city were built in the 1850s and 60s, so it was only 12 years old. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, if somebody passes away, the ghost stays in the house, somebody else moves in, they're moving into a
2: 20-year-old house, not a 100-year-old house, That's right? That's right. Yeah, food for thought. That's right. And, and many cultures believe that ghosts don't have to be hundreds and hundreds of years old. Some cultures believe that we all come back as ghosts almost immediately.
1: Wow. Well, listen, uh, to our listeners here, I would like to know, if you are in a uh, house and, you've, and you feel or you believe that there is a ghost there, uh, give us a call. Let us know. I, I would like to know, and we'll share this with John and Chris. Uh, the phone number, again, is 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. I'd love to hear your ghost story. Uh, and again, as a reminder, uh, Chris and John here uh, are offering to our first six callers at that phone number, a pair of tickets to a, a ghostly walk or a walking tour uh, here in Victoria. Um, good on any of your tours, right? That's right. Yeah. Again, the number is 250
0: uh, On your ghostly walks, um, you, you have, you've got different routes, right? We do okay. uh, through the the summer season, summer and fall. We have eight different routes. Uh, we have a totally different route for Halloween and a separate one in December for ghosts of Christmas past. So we have about ten routes altogether. Yeah, and it's in a cemetery walk as well too, right? That's right. The old cemetery. The, our, our tours are separate from the ones that are put on by the Old Cemeteries Society. Okay. Um, we're members of that group. Yeah. Uh, and at Halloween, they do a ghost tour on the Sunday afternoon closest to Halloween. Okay. But yes, but most of the tours that they do are, are history-based tours.
2: Yeah. But, I, but what better place to tell ghost stories than in Ross Bay Cemetery the Sunday before Halloween?
1: No kidding. You know, it's amazing. For for those, even those who have lived in Victoria for a long time and have not walked away around Ross Bay, it's a really interesting a cemetery to, to go to because the dates on the headstones are, are quite old. Like it's an old cemetery.
2: Indeed, dating back to 1872. And the names, when you, when you stroll through looking at the monuments, you see the names, the names that have come to name the streets in Victoria, people like Douglas and others, and these are incredible people, most of them, too, with ghost stories attached to them.
1: My goodness. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about Ghostly Walks with John Adams and Chris App.
0: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi,
1: thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about ghostly walks and Halloween relating to real estate. And in our studio, we have John Adams and Chris Adams from Discover the Past Walking Tours. Thanks again for coming, gentlemen.
0: great to be here. Uh, You've got so many great stories. Let's hear another one. Well, how about a realtor story this time? Okay and actually we've got a couple of them. Uh, This one comes from the Oak Bay border area, Mm -hmm. and it was some years ago, it was over 20 years ago, the realtor told me the story, and she was freaked out even at the time she told me the story. She was a very sensitive person, knew immediately when there were ghosts in a house, and she went to, to this particular house, there was a lockbox, she'd never been there before, but she had some clients that wanted to see it. As soon as she opened the door, she knew she didn't want to be there. Anyway, she did what she could. She showed them around and just had to get out of the place. The, the couple were, were really keen, so she said, Well, you stay in the house. I just have to step outside for a moment. So she went to the front door. She was inside the house, and she tried opening it. She turned the handle. It turned, but it wouldn't seem to open, so she pulled a bit harder. The door opened an inch, and then suddenly something on the other side pulled it back. And she thought this was strange, was it on some sort of a spring? So she, she pulled with all her might, both hands, it opened a little bit more and then suddenly it pulled back again as though it was on some sort of elastic band and she finally put her foot against the door frame and pulled and got the door open and ran out in a panic, there was nobody there. Anyway, the couple were inside for quite some time and they came out and they loved the house and they wanted to go back and see it another time but she would not do that. Uh, she got a colleague to show them the house instead she knew right away that there was something there. And when she got to the front door, she realized whatever it was didn't want her to get out. Wow! So that's one story. There was another one from the deepest parts of Oak Bay, not too far from the Victoria Golf Course, a big old house designed by Samuel McClure, empty again some years ago. And at night, the realtor arrived. She had been in the house. She'd been there on on a, on a realtor tour, but she had never been in by herself. She knew where the the lockbox was. She went in. She thought she'd turn the lights on so that it would show a bit better when her clients arrived. And she went up the long pathway. She opened the door into a vestibule, found the key, and was trying to open the door. Now it was dark, and she couldn't find it. She finally got the key in the hole. She turned it. You know what it's like. Sometimes you just can't get the key to work properly. Well, this one simply wasn't working. And the door wasn't unlocked. She was trying every which way, and she stood back in frustration. And suddenly, This door opened, slowly creaking open. And she knew there was nobody in the house. It was all in darkness. And she ran back to her car. And she waited in her car until the clients drove up. And then with them, she went up. And she left the door open. They walked in and turned on the lights. So another example of a house that a realtor discovered is haunted. And did she disclose that to them? I'm not sure whether she did or not. I don't know that they bought it either. Yeah. Another house in uh, in Fernwood, Um, a a well-known haunted house, a beautiful place, and it was on the market probably 30, 35 years ago. Reasonable price, nice house, nice neighborhood. It simply wouldn't sell. And finally, the owners disclosed to the realtor that, well, maybe it's not selling because it's haunted. And so they did the full number. They brought in a a feng shui expert. Somebody else came in and they did the cleansing, and immediately the house sold. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Now, do you have to disclose that sort of thing? If you it's, do a good, it's a good tempting?
1: question, so uh, so first of all, you need to disclose if a property has what's called a material latent defect, so some sort of structural issue with a house that could affect the value of the house. But when it comes to things like um, haunted hauntings or spirits, it's difficult actually to determine if that has a um, economic uh, impact on the home. Does it make the home less value? Right. Um, So the general rule of thumb is uh, it must be disclosed if it's a concern of the buyer, right? So, for instance, culturally, you know, the Chinese are very sensitive to these things. uh, And they typically don't want to purchase a home where somebody has died in it, you know, whether peacefully or not, right? So in that case, the realtor must uh, uh, do their best to find out if there was such a circumstance in the home and disclose it to the buyer. The buyer then gets to decide. Yeah, so that's the difference for anyone who's uh, who's curious. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
2: I know in some markets they they really have to be very open, but in New Orleans and Charleston, places like that, they oh, yeah. actually put it in the listing whether the house is haunted or not. Some people pay extra, too, for that. Exactly. Kind of it's a selling feature for some, right? Indeed. Yeah. Now, you spent time in uh, London, right, Chris? I did. I lived in London for a couple of years in the UK for ten. Okay. And I couldn't help myself. I went on every single Ghost and Jack the Ripper tour I possibly could while I lived there. Yeah. And the place I lived, just near Baker Street, not far from where the, the mythical Sherlock Holmes once it, lived.
1: So you were in 223, were you? Not or? not, not okay. far off. <laughs> yes. and that, that
2: place was certainly haunted. There were strange noises that came from the basement. We'd hear yeah. creaking wheels outside in the little muse alley behind our house. and Of course, we'd look, and there were no carriages trotting past at the time. These were, these were echoes of things, perhaps, from those years of Sherlock Holmes.
1: Yeah, oh, and, and London, of course, is a very old community, so there's got to be a lot of history in, in this respect there, right? Indeed. Yeah. And then
2: even better, I moved up to Edinburgh, where if anyone... Has been to Edinburgh. They'll know the place is crawling with ghosts, okay. dripping, dripping with them. So I've I've been living in haunted cities for my entire life.
1: Good. So basically, wherever you are, we know it's a Indeed. good. Uh, it's it's a good uh, um, uh, community of spirits. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, talking about uh, ghostly walks, uh, just as a reminder uh, to you guys listening right now, if you're just tuning in, um, John and Chris Adams here from Discover the Past Walking Tours, uh, they are offering here for our first six callers uh, you'll receive two tickets for a walking tour. So our phone number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. And by the way, if you're calling in, I'd like to hear your haunted house stories as well, too. Tell me about uh, what's going on in a house you're in, house you've had.
0: Um, these are just great, fun stories. Yeah. Well, if people want to hear more, um, we do add lots of extra tours during October. We do the tours all year. Uh, from October the 12th till the 31st, every night, uh, we have four scheduled tours, and quite often they're split into different and parts.
1: And this is rain or shine, too. Rain, rain or shine. shine. In fact... Sleep, the, the,
2: snow, heat... Yeah, you know, the the worse walk. the
1: weather,
0: the better it is.
2: Okay, <laughs> yes. That's, we do this tours in the summertime and it's always fun in the broad daylight in the evening on a lovely night, but it's even better at this time of year when the nights draw and it gets murkier and yeah. the shivers are running down our spines even before we begin to tell the stories.
1: I love it. Well, listen, I'm going to give you guys another uh, shout-out here because uh, we are going to have a uh, a tour. So my team, the Prime Real Estate team, uh, we have you guys booked on, on one of the nights and we're going to bring uh, friends and clients uh, on a tour because we just think it's fun. Uh, and for anyone who has a business and is looking for um, you know a great uh, client event or uh, even a, a perk for their staff uh, consider giving John and Chris a call it's a, it's a great time of year
0: uh, and, and you'll learn a lot too because there's just so much history here in Victoria well Halloween is a really busy time and we, we're getting lots of corporate groups and private family groups and so on but we do tours year-round, so Any some people want to do a Christmas tour or or a tour at some other time. Yeah. Uh, and not everybody believes in ghosts or wants a ghost story, so we'll do a, a history tour as well. But Halloween and ghosts really go hand in hand, so it's, it's a busy time for everybody.
1: Yes, yes. How about another story?
0: Well, uh, we do have another story, and uh, this one is is a, a, a story that I think probably many people in, in Victoria can relate to. It's the story of the golf course ghost. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, the Victoria Golf Course, the second uh-huh. oldest golf course in Canada dating back to 1894. Yeah. And if anyone has golfed that course, or well, everybody knows it, of course, if they've driven by the 7th Fairway as the most notorious one. That's where Doris Down Gravelin, by the water, right? Indeed, you've yeah. been there. Doris Gravlin was murdered there by her husband in 1936. They'd been separated for a while. Yeah. They went out for a walk. Maybe they were going to get back together anyway. They found her a week later under logs on the beach, right beside the seventh green. And ever since then, people have seen Doris, this shimmering figure in white, floating, often moving quickly across the golf course, disappearing, veering away, or flying into the air. Uh, If you don't see her, it's a cold, depressing feeling down in that area. Mm -hmm. And indeed, uh, the Old Cemetery Society, every year since 1994, has conducted the ghost bus tours. I do them for them. It's a fundraiser for the Old Cemetery Society. Uh We have five tours planned this year. The reservations are needed, and one of the stops is always at the golf course to tell the updates on the ghost of Doris Gravelin. Uh, If anyone is interested, our website, discoverthepast.com, has all the details about ghosty walks through the year and the ghost bus tours as well.
1: Great. Actually, while we're at it as well, too, so again, the website uh, address is? www.ghostywalks.com
0: discoverthepast.com great and a phone number 250 384 6698 great happy to hear from people either way great great Great. you guys are such wonderful hosts getting back to our ghost at
1: the the Victoria Golf Course yeah everyone should everyone knows this So when you're driving Beach Drive it's that waterfront uh, stretch there's uh, I think three or four holes on that side and
0: that's where you know. At night, there's no lights there. It's uh, man, that that's like an ideal place for. Well, of course, the golfers know it well because as their ball slices off into the ocean and they grumble about it being in a sand trap, they just blame the ghost. Yes, but it is kind of a spooky spot for sure yeah and yeah. Uh, you don't actually see the the site uh, where the ghost is from the road it's it's farther down by the by the ocean,
1: so I'm guessing every town has some degree of spiritual activity
2: would you would you rate Victoria as being high on that scale? Oh certainly it's one of the most haunted cities around by far and in the twenty years that we have been leading these tours, we've collected more than five hundred ghost stories about the very places where your listeners will be trying to sleep later tonight <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> So, so when my eight-year-old says, Dad,
0: I think our, house, our, our 30-year-old house is haunted, he might be right. The chances are pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <if it is. laughs> oh, my goodness. Of course, kids are more in tune with this sort of thing than adults. Yeah. As we get older, we're jaded, and our hearing doesn't so good, and our eyesight begins to fail, and we've heard it all before. But kids are new to this, yeah. and when they hear something or see something, they know it's there. Yeah. Well. And so when, when your little kid says, Hey, my favorite friend came back, And the parents begin to panic and think that the poor kid is seeing things. Well, maybe he is, but it's probably something that really is there. Yeah,
2: that That reminds me of last Halloween when I was leading a tour and a man was carrying his daughter on his shoulder. She was young and hadn't walked the whole way. And I was watching her as we were leaning against some windows because she wasn't watching me. She was watching something down below in the lobby of the building that I was talking about, and she was young enough. She didn't have many words, but she did have one word, and that word was boy. I hadn't yet told the story where we had stopped about a nine-year-old boy who had died in a well on that very spot. So even before I began to tell the story, she was encountering that ghost. And so often on the tours, people do have encounters. We can't guarantee it, but people often do, especially kids. Oh, my goodness.
1: Great stories. Well, thank you very much for coming. Again, always a pleasure having you in the studio. Uh, And again, as a reminder uh, for our listeners, the website address is www.discoverthepast.com. And uh, also, too, listeners, give us a call because the first first six uh, callers will receive two tickets to a walking tour. Thank you very much for listening. Our phone number, 250-414-6540. And we'll be here for you this time next week.